The following audio is from Harvest Fellowship. For more information about Harvest Fellowship, visit harvestabq.org. Let me tell you where we're at. We're in a series right now uh, called Out of the Cave, Now What? Uh, we're coming to the end uh, of the series today and next week, and then we'll be starting something new. And I want to tell you about next week. Uh, next week is something that we have named Breakthrough Sunday. And I want to tell you a little bit about it. Uh, I felt several months ago like the Lord put this idea in my heart uh, for the conclusion of this series because throughout this series, this is a series about mental and emotional health. We've given you, given you a lot of practical tips, things that you can do uh, as you come out of the cave, as you begin to find the freedom and the fullness and the joy and the wholeness that Jesus dreams for your life. There's a lot of practical things you can do, but there's also, uh, we're a, we are a church, we also believe that there is a massive spiritual component to living out of the cave. And what I felt like needed to happen is that we needed to take a whole Sunday to contend for the spiritual breakthrough that you have been contending for, maybe through this entire series, or maybe even longer than that. So we're going to extend our worship time. We're going to have some focused prayer. We're going to take communion together. Um, we're going to be doing some different things to guide you kind of through this Sunday. And I'm just telling you, it's a Sunday that you're not going to want to miss. And <clears throat> I know you had no warning for this, but this is what I felt the Lord put in my heart, uh, for, especially for those of you that you're going to come next week and you're really believing for your breakthrough. I want to encourage you, but I'd call, I, I would like to encourage all of us to do this. I would love for you to fast something this week. Okay, Ask the Lord today, Lord, what would you want me to fast this week? Uh, I'm going to believe for breakthrough. And I'm just telling you what happens in fasting is that we give something up to get a, a better focus on the Lord and his will and what he wants to do in our lives. It creates a literal hunger, which also creates a spiritual hunger. And a lot of breakthroughs in my life and in Lisa's life have come on the heels of a fast. And so I felt like I was supposed to encourage you to fast this week as we go into next Sunday. And I'm just believing that some miracles are going to happen. There's a verse in Mark chapter 9 where Jesus uh, is talking to his disciples and the disciples were unable to cast an evil spirit out. And they asked Jesus, why were we not able to cast this evil spirit out? And Jesus replied, this kind can cast out only by prayer. And depending on the version you're reading, some versions add and fasting. So I'm just telling you that there are some things that need a massive spiritual um, uh, 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 contention to be able to break through. And I believe next week is going to be a powerful, powerful week. And so I hope you'll join us this week as we fast and then next week as we come together. Now, uh, we've talked through this series about a lot of new things that are available as you come out of the cave. We talked about gaining a new perspective and creating a new trajectory. We, we've talked about forming some new habits and new pathways. And today, I want to give you one more new that I believe the Lord has for us. Today, I'm going to ask you to discover a new place, a new place. Often, we will ask our friends for recommendations for a good place. Uh, maybe you're visiting a city you've never been in, but you know someone there, and you might reach out to them, and you'll say, hey, what's a good place for me to go and eat? Have you, any of you ever done that? You've asked for a recommendation for a good place to go and eat. Or maybe during the balloon fiesta, I thought about this, people will ask us, they'll say, where is a good place to go and to watch the balloons, right? Uh, 
I, I want to go, but I don't want to fight the crowds. Where's a good place to watch the balloons? And, and sometimes people ask me, they'll say, hey, Jason, where's a good place to go fishing? They'll, they'll ask me that because I like to go fishing. And I say, in a river uh, or in a lake, because what they really mean is tell me your secret spot, and I won't. So I just tell them, you should fish in the water. That's what I tell them, okay? And so today, if you'll let me, I want to talk to you about where I believe is the best place for you and I to live, the best place for us to live. There's an episode in Luke's gospel between Jesus and two women, and each of these women are in a different place. And I, I, I'm guessing that as we read this passage that you're going to probably discern pretty quickly which is the better place. And this is what we're going to talk about today is a new place. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Let's read this. It says this, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Can you imagine going to Jesus? Tell her, tell my sister to come and help me. But the Lord said to Jesus, Martha, Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset over all of these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. I want to talk about a new place, and we do this every Sunday. As we open God's Word, we just pause. We say a quick prayer. It's a very personal prayer. It's a prayer where I'm going to ask you to open your heart to what the Lord has for you today. And so would you do that with me? Would you pray that with me? So Father, thank you for your word. We believe today that through your word, you're going to help us. You're going to teach us. You're going to encourage us. You're going to, you're going to make us better. You're going to help us to grow. And so all the things that have happened today, we don't want to lose this moment. We don't want to skip this moment. And so we just pause and we get our hearts ready. And we ask you to talk to us today. Help us today right where we are. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. I don't know what it looks like at your house hours before guests come over, but as I read this story, I can relate to Martha, okay? If people are coming to our house, it's often quite frantic in the hours leading up to it, right? Uh, uh, Lisa is, 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 is busy. She's kind of got a mental list of all the things that need to happen, and the girls and I job is just to stay out of her way and do what she says, okay? We're just like, just, just tell me what needs wiped. Tell me what needs swept. Tell me what, just tell me because I don't want to mess it up. And it's frantic, right? It's, I mean, everything needs to get done. And what's interesting to me is that the things that Lisa will think about that need done before guests. I mean, it's, she's been thinking about them for a while. None of the rest know about it. But all of a sudden, plants need repotted, right? I mean, all, all of a sudden, furniture needs to be rearranged, right? All of a sudden, we need new pillows. All, I mean, it's just, it, it's kind of, and so I, I'm reading this this week, and I'm getting it. I'm like, I understand, Martha. I understand all the rushing and the cleaning and the organizing and the tidying and the, and the cooking. and the, All of this is happening, and I don't know if this happens at your house, but almost 
all the time when the doorbell rings, we're still not quite ready, <laughs> right? We're almost there, but we're, we're just not quite there. And you probably relate to that, but here's the truth is that Martha, while she gets kind of a bad rap for this episode, she's really being a great host, right? Jesus is coming to her house. We don't know what she's cooking, but she says, she says, I'm preparing this big dinner. And so I imagine she's got the grill fired up. She's got the smoker going, right? She's got a brisket on the smoker, right? She's got some cream corn on the stove. I mean, she is really... Really? Did you feel the Holy Spirit just come just now, right? She's really getting ready for Jesus to come. She's being a fantastic host. But what we also see is that Martha is distracted. She's busy. She's comparing to her sister. She's worried. She's upset. Like there's all these things, which by the way, are attributes that are often in our lives as we live in the cave, <laughs> If you're not following me yet, the cave is just a metaphor for that place that we go when we're not well, right? We, we kind of retreat back into the cave and we're worried and we're distracted and we're busy and we're all the things that we see in Martha's life. And I, and I just need to tell you this today is that that is exactly the place, we're talking about a new place, that is exactly the place where the enemy wants you to live. He wants you on a daily basis to be worried and distracted and busy and frustrated and upset. He wants you to retreat into that place where you just, you go back there and you isolate yourself and you live there and you allow those emotions to not be healthy, but to be unhealthy. And I just need to also tell you today that I think Jesus has a better place for you. Would anyone believe that today? I believe Jesus has a better place let me show you why I think Martha's place is not the place for you and I. The verse says, we read it, but I want to read it again. It says, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. The, the issue isn't that she's being a good host. The issue actually is in this word distracted. When I, when I read this, that, that word caught my attention. So I spent a little bit of time kind of studying what does the scripture mean when it says this, when it, when it talks about her being distracted. And what I discovered is that this word carries the meaning of being pulled or dragged in different directions, Pulled or dragged in different directions. I don't know about you, but literally when I read that, that definition and I discovered what the scripture meant, I thought, I thought of some pieces of my life. I thought of the days where Lisa and I are coordinating schedules to get all of the things done, right? And it feels more like air traffic control, right? It's like you're going here and this daughter's going there and we'll pick this one up. Up, and then mama will pick this one up and then I'm in this meeting and then we're going here somewhere in there we're going to have a, a dinner somewhere in there that you see what I'm saying did anyone have that kind does that dynamic happen in your family or is it just mine distracted right pulled dragged in in so many different directions and here's why this is important that we don't get the most important thing accomplished you know, sometimes we'll finish a day and I'll say, that was a busy day, I just don't know what I did. <laughs> Anyone feel that way? 
that I did a lot of things, but I don't know that I did even the first thing that I started the day on my list, right? This is the idea with Martha. She, she's, she's busy. She's distracted. She's being pulled in all of these different directions. And I believe for a long time that if the enemy can't trip you up, he'll just keep you so busy that you're no good to your family, to your church, to your friends, to your community. And the word here, distracted, being pulled or dragged in multiple directions, that is what we see. And all of us probably have seasons of our lives where this is, this is harder. It's, 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 it, you know, I, I remember when the girls were, were young, that particular season had its own set of challenges. <laughs> when they were young, when, when the diapers had to be changed and the bottles had to be made and they weren't sleeping at night and all of the things, right? It, that season had some challenges and we were being pulled in multiple directions and I thought when they get a little bit older, it's gonna be better, and then they got older, and it's not any better. <laughs> and then I thought, when they get to high school, oh my goodness, when they hit high school, it'll be so much easier. And then they got to high school, and it was not easier. <laughs> and now I'm thinking, when they all get out of the house, it will be easier. And I just have a suspicion that that won't be true either, right? Every season has its challenges. We just got to we got to navigate this, this idea that we're going to be pulled and dragged in multiple dire directions. This is why uh, the psalmist, I believe, wrote these words in Psalm chapter 27, verse 4. It's, it's a verse to really give us a true north in our lives. It says this, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. One thing I ask from the Lord. This, this, is, this is a writer who understands the pulling of all the things, all the responsibilities, all the things that have to happen in any given day or any given week. But our true north comes back to this. One thing I ask is that I would seek you, Lord, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord, that I would gaze, that I, I'd take a moment, I would gaze at the beauty and I would remember my purpose and why I'm here. What I've learned is that you can do a lot of things as long as you keep the most important thing first. But when we get it out of order, something interesting happens because now, strangely, when we get it out of order, we accomplish less and we're more stressed. When we, when we miss the first thing, it's a domino effect that kind of disrupts all of the other things. And now we're still running, we're still frantic, we're still busy, but we're accomplishing less and we're much more frustrated. We see this when Jesus talks to Martha. He says, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. He says, there's only one thing, there's only one thing that's worth being concerned about. And you could read this in a couple of different tones. You could read it like Jesus is getting on to Martha. You could, you could read it with that tone, right? Martha, you're, you're frustrated with all of these details, but there is only one thing. You kind of see Jesus like wagging his finger, right? There's only one thing that you need to be worried about. But I don't, I don't think that's what Jesus was doing here. Because if you look at the character 
of Jesus throughout all of the scripture, I'm confident that the tone of this statement was not a rebuke, but it was an invitation. It's similar to what we see in the Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, where Jesus issues this invitation to every single one of us, and maybe you need this today. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. He says, come to me, all you who are overwhelmed at work. Come to me, all of you who are frantically trying to figure out how to get your kids to all of the places that they need to get to. He said, come to me, young parent who's trying to figure out where to slip in a date night. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened. And he says this, here's the invitation, and I will give you rest. What a cool invitation. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle, I'm humble, and you will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what I think Jesus is saying to Martha when he said, I think it's an invitation. He's saying there's only one thing that you need to be concerned about. See, this is what it looks like as we come out of the cave, is that things are stressful, But if we accept this invitation, those stressful things don't overwhelm us. We we come out of the cave and there's still anxious moments, but they don't have to control us. We come out of the cave, there's still worrisome events in our lives, but we don't live in worry. You see, Jesus came into a heavy world to take on the burden so that you and I don't have to. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm tempted to just take the burden on myself, to just take on the burden of the world and the burden for my family. And I just want you to know today, Jesus came into a heavy world to take on the burden so that you and I don't have to, but I have to tell you this, so few discover this life. There's so many in the world today, there's so many in the church today who are living in a place where the enemy is winning. And just so I'm clear, when I say place, I'm not actually talking about geography. I'm talking about your emotional state. I'm talking about your mindset. I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about your spirit. And so today, as we consider a new place, I, I just want to remind you what Jesus said to Martha. He said, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. And and then he says this, this is good news. He says, Mary has discovered it. So if we look at Mary, then we can learn about how to get to this new place. So how do we get to this new place? Well, as I studied it, I, I just, this is where my head went, is that I saw some things that Mary stopped doing, okay? Sometimes the things we stop doing are just as important as the things we start doing. And so I, I want to look at Mary from this perspective. What do we stop doing to discover this new place? And the first one is this, is that we got to stop moving, stop moving. It says, Mary sat at the Lord's feet. In contrast to Martha, who is frantically moving all about the house, working on all of the details, Mary stops and she sits at the Lord's feet. What you need to know about this is that culturally in Mary and Martha and Jesus' day is that that someone would sit at the feet of their rabbi and that this place was traditionally reserved for men. 
And so this was kind of a big deal that Mary put herself in this place, which as a side note, we don't have time today, but I love that Jesus broke through every cultural barrier that has ever existed. No one in history has done more for women, for any social issue, for any racial issue. That's a different story for a different day, but I just had to point it out to you. Jesus is there, and Mary is sitting at his feet. Here's what's important. When we stop moving, we can finally see what Jesus is really up to. In the busyness, we often miss Jesus. It's not that he's not there. It's not that he's not doing things for us, with us, on our behalf. It's that in our busyness, we often miss it. But when we stop moving, we can see what Jesus is up to. We see this in several places in the Bible, but the verse that came to my mind immediately is Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, that just says this, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Sometimes the best thing to do when you're stressed, when you're worried, when you're afraid, is to stop, to slow down, to lift your gaze towards the heavens, and to consider what Jesus might be up to. I, I was a little nervous in this section that that I might be using words that are a little too religious, a little too churchy, you know, like sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so I want to help you with, like, what does that really mean? And so I'll just start here. What I'm, what I'm advising you today is to literally stop moving, to find a quiet place, and to invite Jesus to come and to sit with you. To, to literally stop moving. I, I don't know about you, but I move a lot. <laughs> a lot. It's really, honestly, hard for me to stop. And so sometimes I just have to make myself stop. Sit down. Take a breath. And say, Jesus, I'm doing this because I need your perspective right now. I'm slowing myself down. I'm here to talk to you for a minute. I'm here to tell you what I'm feeling. I'm here to ask you some questions. I'm here to spend time in your word. I'm here to, to, to worship you for a moment. I'm here to just put everything that's happening in perspective. I just want to, you know, you know how quickly the world comes into perspective when you stop and you invite Jesus to sit there with you? This is why we're going to conclude our series next week with our Breakthrough Sunday because I want to help you to intentionally set some time aside to stop moving and just be in God's presence. What I think is going to happen is that we'll discover that everything we're looking for is available in God's presence. I believe that. Let me show you a couple of verses that will help us. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11 says this. It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is what we discover when we get in God's presence. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now where the Lord, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. When we stop moving, we sit in the presence of the Lord, we find the joy we need. 
We find the freedom we need. We find the peace that we've been craving for so long. So this new place is available as we stop moving. And then, here's the second one. you got to stop talking. you got to stop talking. Mary sat at the feet of the Lord Listening is what it says. Listening. I don't know about you, but this one is really hard for me. It's easier for me to talk than it is to listen. Anyone? Anyone? You want to help me feel better about myself? It's easier for me to talk than it is to listen. This is in literally all of my relationships. It's easier for me to talk to Lisa than to listen. It's easier for me to talk to Ava and Eden and Mercy than it is to listen. And here's the problem. Here's the big, big problem. That creates relational problems, but it's also easier for me to talk to the Lord than it is for me to listen. And Mary, she stops, she sits at his feet, and she listens. I mentioned that Martha's issue wasn't that she was just busy trying to be hospitable, but she was distracted. And here's the problem when we become distracted is that Martha's distraction prevented her from being fully present with Jesus. Fully present. You might not know this. It's probably, it's, you're probably going to be blown away when I tell you this, but I have ADHD. Surprising, right? Surprising. It's, I know. Shocking, right? I have ADHD. And over the years, <laughs> Lisa just found out. Over the years, <laughs> she's like, what? Over the years, my ADHD has caused problems in, in our marriage. Because it's really, 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 really extra, really hard for me to sit and to look my wife in the eye and to have a conversation without the distractions, the, the squirrels getting the best of me. It's just hard. It's really, 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 really hard. And so early in our marriage, I tried to convince Lisa that I could listen while I was multitasking. I even went so far as to tell her that I was listening better when she let me be busy doing something while she was talking. And she said, no way. I need you to stop to look me in the eye, to acknowledge that you hear me, to respond. You know, she taught me all these things. Like when you listen, you oh, mm-hmm, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. And then she'd test me. She'd say, Jason, what did I just say to you? And I had to repeat things back. I had to prove that I was listening. And I hate admitting when Lisa was right, but she was right. That I was not able to be fully present while I was being distracted with other things. And I just wonder how many times we come to the Lord kind of, sort of, maybe, kind of, right? We come, but we're, we're doing some other things, right? Like I have found that some of my favorite ways to interact with the Lord is while I'm driving in the car alone, or while, I, while I'm running, I, I did that this morning. I'll go for a run and I'll, and I'll listen to some worship music and I'll, and I'll spend some time with the Lord. And those are, those are great ways, but I've also found that there's just some times where I just have to sit, given my undivided attention, no other distractions. And I just, I have to stop talking and I have to listen. I, ha I have to listen. This is what Mary's doing here. She sits at the feet of the Lord and she's actively listening. She's actively listening. 
I have a friend who recently called me for some advice and I was honored that she called to, to get my perspective on her situation. And as we talked, I remember saying to her, I said, you really don't need my thoughts on this. What you need is to hear God's voice for your situation. And so I encouraged her. I said, I, I think over, it was a Friday, I think over this weekend you need to carve out some space. You need to make a place where you can sit and listen to the voice of the Lord. And then I shared with her my favorite verse for those moments because sometimes we overcomplicate this idea of hearing the voice of God. And I shared this with her. John chapter 10 verse 27 just says this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. See, I think we overcomplicate hearing the voice of God. And I will tell you this, most of the time it's not going to be an audible voice. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if you just asked the Lord a question and, and a booming voice came from heaven and told you? I mean, how easy would that be, right? How awesome would that be? But most often, that's not what it's going to to be. Most of the time, he's not going to write it in the sky, you know, in the clouds, right? Mo most of the time, like we might, you might have some unbelievable experiences where God did something like that for you, but I'm just telling you, that's not what happens most of the time. Most of the time, you get quiet and you hear a very gentle voice. And as soon as you hear it, your, vo your heart knows that it's his. You might not even like what he says. Has that ever happened to you? But you know it's his. You know, ooh, that's, that's the voice that I know. That's the voice that I trust. That's the voice. I've heard that voice before, and I can trust that voice because it's a familiar voice. We were in the office uh, earlier this week, and, and uh, Pastor Andrew called. He, he, he had to leave for, for something, and so he called Pastor Madison. And when he called Lisa happened to be standing right there. So Lisa and Madison thought they'd play a trick on Andrew. And so Lisa answered Madison's phone. And she pretended to be Madison. And for a minute, it was working. But we, we were listening, you know, we, it was on speaker and we were listening. We were all like trying not to laugh, you know. And you could tell in Andrew's responses that he was getting the answers he needed, but he wasn't quite, quite sure that he was hearing the voice that he actually meant to call. Has this ever happened to you? There was something there. And finally, Lisa couldn't hold it any longer. And she just starts laughing and she says, Andrew, it's me, it's Lisa. And he goes, I thought there was something off there. You know the voice of the people you love because you've talked to them and you've listened to them. A mom can pick out the voice of their child in a crowd of a thousand. A mom can hear the cry of their child in a crowd because it's familiar. And when we stop moving and we stop talking, we start learning what the voice of our Heavenly Father sounds like. And I'm telling you, as you do this more and more and more and more, you gain the ability to pick up the voice of the Father in a crowd. All of a sudden, you're living your life and you're doing things and you're busy and you're working and you're navigating things and you hear that voice and you know, the Lord just spoke to me. I'm trying to show you a better place to live today. And it starts by stop moving and it then we got to stop talking. And here's the last one is just straight out of the scripture. Stop preparing. 
Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. Mary learned from the Lord by sitting at his feet and listening, but Martha was busy preparing. And as I read this, I read this verse over and over and over to try to, to see what the Holy Spirit was trying to teach me so I could share it with you. And what, what, I, what I discovered is that it's hard to learn new things when you're busy preparing. Have you ever tried to teach someone how to do something while they're busy doing it? And they're just busy. They're, just, they're doing it. They're busy. And, and, and they don't want to be interrupted. And they don't want you to tell them anything. They, it's hard to learn something new while you're busy doing the preparing. And some of us, as we come out of the cave, we've done things the same way for so long that the key to breaking free is to stop doing the things. To sit at the feet of Jesus, to stop talking, and to listen, and to learn a new way of doing life. A new way. What is the new way? Because the temptation for me and maybe for some of you as well is to, to solve the problem. The, the temptation is to find the answer. The, the problem is I, I'm going to fix this. I, I'm going to come out of the cave and I'm not going to live this way and I'm going to do something else and I'm going to fix the problem. And I just want to remind you today that the idea in America is that if I could just work hard enough and try hard, hard enough and just be there and just, oh, then I can accomplish anything. But I want to remind you today that that is an American culture idea not a biblical idea. I believe this story illustrates the biblical idea of stopping and sitting and listening and learning a new way of living. I actually see this invitation over and over in the Scripture. I'll just show you two. I'm not going to teach them, but I just want to show you that over and over in Scripture, Jesus invites people to a better place. He invites us to a better place. Today, I think he's inviting you and I to a better place. One of the examples I would go to is actually as Jesus is hanging on the cross. And if you remember this, there's a thief on either side of him. And as they're hanging on the cross and, and they're, they're dying, there's a conversation that happens between the thieves, uh, the two thieves, and Jesus. And, and in Luke chapter 23, uh, one of the criminals rebukes the other. And he says, don't you fear the Lord since you're under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we're getting just what our deeds deserve. But this man, talking about Jesus, has done nothing wrong. And then he looks at Jesus. <laughs> he says, Jesus... Will you remember me today when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus answers him and he says, Truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. This, this has always been an astounding episode to me because it's moments before the thief breathes his last breath. <laughs> moments before. In other words, the thief has no ability to do anything to earn his salvation. He has no ability to earn the love of God. He has no ability to go back and to, wrong, to right what he wronged. He has no ability to do that. Which is why part of why we believe that we're not saved by works, but we're saved by faith. And the man looks at Jesus, and all of a sudden there's this invitation to a better place. He says, you know what? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. 
We see it in a story in John chapter 4, verse 7, where a Samaritan woman is at a well, and Jesus comes to her and asks for a drink of water, and there's this interaction, and ultimately Jesus responds with this. He says in verse 13, everyone who drinks the water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. The water I give them will become like a spring of living water welling to eternal life. It's an invitation to a better place. Why don't you stand with me? Stand with me this morning. Whether you're living currently in the cave or out of the cave, all of us are creatures of habit. We find a place to live and then we just kind of settle in. We just, we settle. We, we find a place and we, we make it our home. I learned when Lisa and I got married and we, we started traveling to different places. Uh, both of us would pack our suitcases and we'd get in the car or the plane and we'd travel to wherever our destination was and we would get there and I would put my suitcase in the room. I would unzip my suitcase. I would open the suitcase. And I'd say, I'm unpacked. I'm ready to go. Let's go find an adventure. And Lisa said, wait a second. I need to unpack. I'm like, okay, unpack. And she would open her suitcase and she would open all of the drawers in the room and she would take her things out and she would organize them in the drawers of the room where we're going to be for three days and she'd take all the stuff that goes in the bathroom and she'd go in the bathroom and she'd find neat little cubbies and places for all of her things for three days I'm sitting on the bed watching television because I'm unpacked y'all we went on a cruise this past summer I had no idea I just had no idea all the things. Before we went, Lisa had an Amazon list of things that were necessary to make the cruise room better. Y'all, we had, listen, if you go on a cruise, just talk to Lisa. I'm just telling you. I have to say this. I made fun of her, but when we got there, I was really glad we had all these things. We had little, little magnetic hooks that we could put on the wall to hang our hats. We had different size hooks so we could hang our towels. We had little clippy things so we could put a sign on our door that said Jason and Lisa's anniversary, right? We didn't want to get confused. You know, I, 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 was like, I was like, Lisa, you mean we don't just go to the room that has our number on it? You know, it's, it's got to have our name on. So we had all these things, right? We were organized. And what I learned about Lisa, she, I think she actually learned this from her parents, is, is wherever they go, you, you make it home, right? You make it home. You unpack, you, you set it all up. You, you make it home. You, you, hang, you hang stuff, you put stuff out, you, you make it home. And, and I thought of that this week because what the enemy would love for you to do is to just settle into that place where you currently are and just accept this is how it's gonna be. I'm just... I'm not going to overcome my worry. So I'm just going to settle in. I'm not going to get over the fear and the anxiety and the pain. And the, I'm just going to unpack right here. And I felt like my job today was to come to you and to say, get your suitcase and pack your stuff up because there's a better place. There's a new place. There's a new place. You're coming out of the cave and there's a new place. 
there's an invitation, just like, just like Jesus gave to, to Martha. He said, Mary discovered it. There's a new place. Just like he said to the thief on the cross, there's a new place. Just like he said to the Samaritan woman at the way, he said, there's a new place. And I just felt like as we come to the end of this series, like Jesus was saying, harvest, there's a new place for you. Pack your stuff up. There's a new place for you. So worship team's gonna come and they're gonna help us. We're gonna sing one more song. This is how we do it here. We sing one final song and we found that as the, at the end, as, as we've heard God's word, that this creates a space, a place for us to hear from the Holy Spirit. And often in these moments, I'll just, I'll just warn you, he challenges us. He pokes us and he prods us and he loves on us. And he says, I love you too much to just let you stay in the place that you are. And in these final moments, I believe that the Lord is going to speak to us and he's going to help us. And then I'm going to come back up. We're going to have one closing prayer this morning. But I want to invite you today to discover a new place that Jesus has for you. Worship team, would you come and help us? Thank you for listening to the Harvest Fellowship Podcast. For more information, visit harvestabq.org.